Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Sherry Hill Show. Very excited to have uh, a good friend here and a new acquaintance that uh, I want to talk about one of my favorite subjects, being a CEO. Most people think it's easy, but we know it's hard. So after this quick break, I want to talk about the six biggest failures of the CEO with special guest Linda McLean, who is a number one international best-selling author, speaker, and business coach to business owners and entrepreneurs worldwide, and Amy Stair, who is the president of McLean International, and she has been a executive coach for over 17 years, and they have a lot to share with me as a CEO. We'll be right back. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 23 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. Thank you for tuning in to the Sherry Hill Show. I've got Linda McLean, who is a best-selling author, speaker, and business coach, and Amy Stair, who is the president of McLean International. Obviously, Linda McLean is part of McLean International, too, founder. (laughs) Um, but Amy's been an executive coach for over 17 years. And I want to talk about, you know, everyone thinks that, you know, going into business is easy. Mm-hmm. And what you realize, uh, if you've been in business any length of time, like I'm in my 25th year of Sage International, Linda, you've been in business a long time, is that as we move up that corporate ladder and we are the CEO, there are things that we have to be aware of, things that we should be doing, because as coaches, you guys see some of the biggest uh, failures of the CEO. So Linda, I want you to start. Let's talk about the first one that you have, failure to work on the business. Yes, I'd love to. Well, Sherry, thanks so much for having us here today. We always love to be on your show. You just offer, you know, such great guidance to everybody in the industry. So it's always our pleasure to be here and contribute. Well, one of the first failures that we see with CEOs, and we call the business owner CEOs, and some individuals in business, they don't see themselves as a CEO. However, it's important to see themselves as a CEO because what will happen is they'll think differently, they'll act differently, and they actually will get different results when they change the vision of who they are in their business. Whether you have a company that's, that houses 500 people or one that houses two, every business owner should see themselves as the CEO because that's their responsibility. So when um, you asked, you know, what are the, the failures, like we've identified six failures that we have seen over the numerous years that we've been doing business coaching, planning, etc. The first one that we see is they fail to take the time and work on their business. Of course, the CEO wears many hats. There's no doubt. And that it's required. However, there is a time where you have to pull back, and as you know, Sherry, we've, done, we've talked about this before, and I like to use the analogy, we've got to pull up at that 10,000 foot level and just hover there and take a look at the business 
and spend the time to work on the business, not always working in it day in and day out. And it's kind of like coming back and taking a breath. And all of a sudden, what will happen is you will see your business in a different light. You'll recognize those different areas that may need to be fixed up a little bit. Or you look at those areas that are doing really well and you can feel a sense of accomplishment. All right. Well, and you know, a lot of this, you know, you wrote the best-selling book, Snapshot Business Planning, and I taught business planning through the university for nine years. So like you, you know, I was amazed at how many existing business owners would take the class and they had never spent any time trying to figure out where they're trying to get to. Exactly. So Amy, talk about, you know, we've, we've got to have a vision as a CEO. Absolutely. And then we know, as you said, Linda, worked on the, we need to know what we're supposed to be working on to exactly. get to that vision, right? <laughs> well, you know, it's that old forest for the trees thing, right? If you're in the trees all day long, you don't really get the scope of the forest. And so taking a step back and identifying what that vision is, where do you want to be three, five years from now? What does that look like? And then communicating it to the people who are on board with you to make that happen. So, you know, Linda does a great job laying out in the book how to to accomplish writing that vision. How do you incorporate your core values? Um, what do you, What is your mission going to be as a result of that? Really laying it out for people methodically. And you're right, it's, it's amazing. People running very on the outside, successful looking businesses who have absolutely no idea where they're headed or what the future is gonna hold for them. They're just getting in there every day and working, working, working. And if they put in a 10 hour day and feel exhausted, then they think they did a good job. And, and that's enough, and it's really not. Yeah, yeah because we're, we're actually talking about when you say failure to work on the business, it means you're working harder, not smarter. Right. Right? Number two, failure to review the financials. Let's talk about that. How many people fly blind as they're running their organizations? Uh, you know, I've had the benefit in the time that Linda and I have been together at McLean International. She has a background in the banking industry. And so she really brings a perspective, a unique perspective to the table where she's looked at literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of financials over the years. And people run away from that. You know, they're, they're afraid of the numbers because they just honestly haven't spent the time setting them up. And it's like, if, if you want to drive to Hollywood from Reno, how are you going to get there? You got to have a roadmap. And those financials really are the first step of laying out that roadmap. And so it's taking the time to figure out you know, not just what's the big goal. You know, a lot of people will do that part, right? They'll say, I want to make a million dollars next year. Okay, so what does that entail? You know, what products and services are you offering? What do you need to do with your pricing structure? Or what's the strategy to get each of those products and services to a point? And what's your margins in that? We'd all love to make a million dollars, but if you only take home 22000 out of the million, probably right. not a good investment of your time. Well, let's also talk about, Linda, you know, part of the financials is really targeting in on what I call those, you know, key performance indicators. It's mm -hmm. not, we don't have to understand all of it. We need to know the driving numbers that are going to help us understand if we're making money or losing money. Yeah, it's exactly right, Sherry. Many owners, as they do, they don't take the time to look at their financials or even be vulnerable to say, explain this to me. 
And that goes back to the actual setup of the chart of accounts and everything in their financials. The key thing is, you're right, we don't need to know everything. We don't, we don't all need to be tax experts, et cetera, but we just need to understand it so we look at it. And of course, what are the two main things? I mean, nothing happens in a company if, if, if something's not sold. So right. guess what? Your revenue, your sales, and what, is, um, what makes up those sales is critical and how can you improve them? And then you track those sales coming in because some people can have a lot of sales but maybe their receivables are really high. Well, that's not good cash flow for the company. So there are different components in understanding and I call managing your finances. You can, um, you know, it's interesting, just side story. A client of ours just a, a few weeks ago, we had a planning session, a mid-year planning session, which we do with clients, and we had it in Arizona, and she thought she was doing quite well, but she didn't really know. She didn't really know. She didn't take the time to look at it. I said, come on, let's look at your financials. Her business was up 23.3% in sales, and her net profit was up an additional 12 or 13%. See, those are the two numbers that we have to look at. Absolutely. Because you have to always have that cash reserve. You need to be making the money that you want to be making. So therefore, um, but you don't have to be a, a financial specialist to do it. Well, on that still, because, you know, we've seen a lot of people grow into failure. And so one of the things that knowing your financials is when is it the right time to bring on that next employee mm -hmm. or to mm -hmm. expand that office space or things like that. So that's part of just having the information as the CEO to go, I'm gonna be a better decision maker. Mm -hmm. Well, decision is at the base of everything. So someone said the other day about being a CEO, I said, well, the first thing that a CEO really has to do is to search, look at the business, see where it's at, and be prepared to make a decision. Right. And they're not always easy decisions. No. <laughs> Some of them are, are really, really tough decisions because nobody likes to do anything like let people go or whatever, but those are the tough decisions, but sometimes the necessary ones. And the other so side of that is sometimes it's a decision to take that quantum leap. Mm -hmm. To Absolutely. say, okay, I look at everything I have in my company, but okay, I just, you know, I feel that this opportunity is gonna be good and it's gonna be an investment. It's the same thing when clients come to work with us. They are investing in their business on the hopes and belief that we will help them get their business to the next level. Absolutely, mm -hmm. and so part of that, uh, growing a business successfully is failure to focus on team development. So let's let's talk about when you say, I want to make a million dollars, that often requires more people on your team. Absolutely. Uh, I think most people think they can hang on a little bit longer than they should. And like Linda said, that's part of that is not having a handle on your financials, not looking at what is the upside potential of if I bring this person in and I spend $30,000 for that staffing need, that's going to bring our revenue up 80,000, 100,000, 150,000, not taking the time to really walk through it. And then I know one thing that we see a lot at McLean International is not having clarity on what you're gonna have that person do when you do get them. So you bring them in and you know, how many of us have said baptism by fire in business, right? Just throw them in there and let them figure it out. And, um, and then we're disappointed when they don't perform, and yet we haven't given them the expectation. So there's that front end piece of bringing the right people in. We use a 10-step hiring process at McLean International that's really effective, and uh, when people step away from two or three of the steps, inevitably they experience a challenge. 
and there's a very logical progression of how to, to make a good hire. It's still never going to be 100%, right? You're always going to have turnover, and the process assures that you minimize that risk and you really set people up for success in the organization. Well, and some of that is, you know, you guys are master coaches, so you work a lot with the CEO, and some of that team development starts at the top because we, we yeah. grew into the business, didn't mean we were uh, trained as supervisors or managers. Right. Yeah, the key thing just to remember is it is the CEO's responsibility to take a look at the current staff, what their capacity is, and even the ones who are really great performers, there's always room for improvement. And that's the key thing for the CEO to do. They'll be doing their job when they do an analysis of every person on their team to say, what does that person need to be doing better and at a higher level, and how can we possibly shift things around to position the business for growth? Including themselves, you yeah. know, asking yourself, what's the highest and best yeah. use of my time? Why am I still doing this if I could leverage myself? Exactly. Mm -hmm. We've got to go to break. We come back. We're going to pick up on the last three of the six biggest failures of the CEO with Amy Stair and Linda McLean of McLean International. Check out their website, mcleaninternational.com. We'll be right back. SunTech Solar Screening uses Pfeiffer screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening, 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to the Sherry Hill Show. I have special guests with me today, Lynn McLean and Amy Stair, both with McLean International and have been master coaches forever. I say forever, <laughs> but certainly, Amy, you've been a coach, an executive coach for 17 years. Linda, we won't date you, but it's- uh, Thank you, Sherry. It's been a long time, <laughs> right? And I have learned a ton from you and have gone through a lot of your programs, really appreciate it. Today, we're talking about the six biggest failures of the CEO. Our first half, we talked about number one, failure to work on the business. Number two, failure to review the financials. Number three, failure to focus on team development. And number four, failure to search for new opportunities. Linda, talk about that. Well, sometimes individuals get into a pattern. So they've had a pattern of success. So in the past, they're going, oh, well, we always did this, and this works good, and I know this, I'm familiar with this. So this is where people are in a zone of comfort, and they think that zone of comfort will always meet the needs of the business. However, if you look around, things are always changing. So it's having that drive or recognizing the need, things have to change. So even though it was really, really good before, you need to incorporate uh, an area of change. And so the CEO has got to be aware that you need to drive that. So when you, when you go to drive that, then you have to look beyond to what other opportunities are out there. And sometimes the opportunities can be staring you right in the face. Mm -hmm. Well, I look at, I'm always about five years out. Again, when we talk about, you know, what is, you know, where I'm trying to get to, I have to be aware of what's going on in my industry. I have to be aware of what's going on with the IRS, all <laughs> these different things. And so it changes mm -hmm. every time we get a new president. And so I always have to be way out in front to figure mm -hmm. out where are those opportunities. And then I'm in a position and I'm poised to take it, right? Yes. Because I'm yes. not waiting for life to happen, I'm making it happen. So mm -hmm. Amy, let's talk about number five, failure 
to look for replacements. What does that mean? Well, you know, we talk a lot about, and we, we've gone through this with McLean recently ourselves, you've always got to be looking for talent. And um, we mentioned earlier the piece with leverage. If you're constantly looking to leverage yourself so that you can get to the next level, then you need to always be looking for replacements on the team. And so one of our most recent hires, we weren't even looking and he materialized. So what are we gonna do with this? This just showed up in front of us. I wonder what we should do with this. And how can it take our business to the next level if we do incorporate this? Uh, sure enough, two more popped up. <laughs> so so we've you're, got not, a, you're not talking about like taking people out of the organization. Sometimes they move up. Sometimes it's you that has to let go of the day-to-day. -day. Right, yeah. so there's a, there's a next level to this, which is, yes, you're always looking for talent. The next thing is, we should all be replaceable in our business model. You know, if you're looking at a five-year vision or a 10-year vision and you're, you're reaching an age where you'd like to be traveling the world more or spending time with your spouse or significant other more, that's a literal replacement. Like, I need to find someone to go into the organization who can take on the daily tasks and responsibilities of what I've been doing. It's not always so that I can do more work. Sometimes it's so that I can have more life. And that's not just for the CEO. That's for everyone in the organization. What is their next? Where are they headed? How are you going to set them up for success in making the transition to where they want to be? Absolutely. Let's hit on number six, Linda, failure to communicate the vision. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, this actually, and it even ties back into a little bit what Amy said, looking for replacements. Doing a full analysis of everybody that's in the company and really looking at what are they bringing to the table and are they, no offense, but are they stagnant? Are they just doing the same thing day in and day out? And that will not promote growth in the company. And so when the CEO can is recognizes that, but then also looks at the vision, as you said, Sherry, you look out five or 10 years, where do you really want to be? And even as a CEO, if you're passionate about your work, like I love the work we do in McLean International, and I can see the potential of what we can achieve. And so understanding where you're gonna go, who's gonna go there with you, how you're going to do it. You may not understand every dip and weave that you're going to go through or understand some of the obstacles or circumstances that pop up. You won't. Don't get hung up on that. But once the CEO says, this is what I would really like, then it's being able to articulate it to your key people, to your team, so they become a part of that living, breathing goal. Because when you, when people are aware of the progress, it is growth. It's a living, breathing piece that you're moving together. And for some of them who are truly, I would say, people who take initiative, people who willing want to build on their skill set, they will get excited. And that's when you can pretty much know these guys are going to be on board. They're going to be on board. This person will probably not be on board because she's, she or he, they're stuck at their own stuff, and God bless them, but they may not be a part of the, of the group going forward. But it is the responsibility of the CEO to sh know the vision and share the vision, and then also get input. And that is really critical, and I, so bringing Amy on as president in McLean International is a really, really great move. And her involvement in, in being a part of the vision of McLean International going forward is leading us to another whole opening, the vision of our company. So, um, but, but being able to communicate it in a way that, that people get it. All right. So let's talk about your CEO Mastery event because I'm going to guess that you're going to hit on 
I'm just going to run through the six biggest failures of the CEO. Failure to work on the business, failure to review the financials, failure to focus on team development, failure to search for new opportunities, failure to look for replacements, and failure to communicate the vision are the whole reason. That's a, those are all foundational pieces of me being the CEO. So let's talk about your mastery event that you're going to be doing in Scottsdale. Okay. Uh, the the event in Scottsdale is for CEOs who have reached a certain level. There is nothing more powerful. It's just like Sherry when you and I sit down and just chat casually about business. We learn from each other. Mm -hmm. And that's what that platform is all about. So the CEOs that are going to attend this event must have achieved a certain level in their business so that they can give and they can take. It's, it's going to be a give and take because we believe very much in, in you just you give and then you end up receiving. And in order to do that, you just need the right people at the right place. And so that's the whole premise of that event. And we will be covering all of these areas as well, bringing particular focus to the mindset of a CEO. When an individual wants to get to that next level, they really need to be aware of how they're thinking because their thinking will get them the results that they desire. And many individuals will create a business plan, but they won't create a mind plan. They won't understand how they personally create a vision statement and how they then extract the affirmations. And we do a lot of work with them on the mindset part. That will be some element of our, of our program, as well as definitely addressing the eight key facets in a business. Mm -hmm. This is an opportunity wherein the CEOs can really sit down peer-to-peer and chat about the things that are great or challenging in the business and get some really great ideas. This is a beautiful thing that we've seen about this program. Well, I love masterminds. So, yes. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you hang out with people that have, you know, walked the same mile that you have. So, again, I'm 25 years in business. I'm not going to learn much from the guy in the startup. Been there, done all that, worked on myself, worked on my mind, but I'm, I'm reaching other challenges. Right. Yes, yes, and we must, <laughs> and, and it's just like in Napoleon's Hill, Napoleon Hill's book, and the, I think it's uh, the chapter of persistence. In order to achieve something greater, you've got to develop a habit of persistence. And one of the, one of the four points of that persistence is to be surrounded with like-minded people. It's being surrounded by like-minded people. Now, that means people who want to achieve more, who are willing to fine-tune some of the skill sets. And uh, that is exactly what we, what we look at. And with a lot of the clients that will attend the CEO Mastery, the third component is their, the, the meaning in their life. What do they truly want personally? Do they want to go out and spend more time golfing? Do they want to go and go hiking? Do they want to just take more vacations? Because it's the package deal. This, this life of this beautiful business and, and how we think and how we enjoy, it truly is a package deal. And it is the responsibility of the CEO to know what they want and then to lead by example for everybody in their company so that everybody lives a life full of joy. Absolutely. Because it's possible. Yes. And people have the potential to do it. So, Amy, if somebody wants to find out about the CEO Mastery event, where would you like them to go? Oh, they can go to the website, mclaininternational.com forward slash CEO dash mastery. 
and they'll get all the information they need there. Well, one of the things I like about this event, it's October 17th through the 19th in Scottsdale, Arizona, but it doesn't just end there. You're gonna do a follow-up six months later, and that's one of the biggest and most important pieces is the follow-up, right? Did you do what you said you were going to do and who's mm -hmm. holding you accountable? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And it's not you, Linda, and it's not you, Amy. You're part of it, but it's the peers yes. in the room that are yeah. going to also hold you accountable. That so. mastermind group is just such an asset to follow up the event. The yeah. people that did it last year um, are very well connected and they're truly helping each other fix and grow their businesses together. It's it's awesome to see. Well, I want to thank you both for being here. So I've been talking with Linda McLean, who is the founder of McLean International, and Amy Stair, who is the president and also an executive coach through McLean International. And again, their website, if you want to find out um, any, buy any of Linda's books. She's a best-selling author. She does speak around the country, actually around the world. And you want to go to McLean International, M-C-L-E-A-N International.com. Lots of great resources there. What's a final thought from each one of you about how not to be a failure as a CEO, but how to create success? Amy, I'll start with you. It's never too late. So if all you do is maybe pick up Snapshot Business Planning and start reading that book, it's never too late. Wherever you're at in your business, start planning now, start doing the work now, and you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. I think honor what pops into your mind and believe you can do it because everything will come into place when you believe and then you position yourself with the right people and go down the right path. Just, you've been given the gift of this business, just go ahead and make it happen. And my final thought as a CEO, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago in my show, is all self-help is better when you have help. Yep. So, <laughs> right? That's so a fantastic. mastermind or just hiring a professional executive mm -hmm. coach who, who can really help you move that needle on your business is vital and important. So I want to thank you both for being here. Thank you And for I want to thank us. my listeners for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified.